Welcome, this is Pastor Abraham once again. This is part two of the teaching, David Behaving Wisely. Uh, I hope you are blessed with the first part of this teaching. And here is the second teaching, and I hope that this teaching will impact you uh, greatly and richly in your life. May God bless you as you listen. Welcome back. This is Pastor Abraham again. Uh, we are discussing the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, pretty much the entire chapter. And we have seen a number of things about David and his early interaction with Saul, where he he impresses Saul by the accomplishment that he had in taking down the uncircumcised Philistine. And he's promoted to be uh, over the men of war. And uh, they go back to the battleground and they slaughter the Philistines. And on their way back, uh, women uh, came out of all the cities of Israel. They were singing and dancing to meet King Saul. And uh, they had all these instruments. But in their song, they said that David slain 10,000 compared to Saul's uh, thousands. And that was not... Uh, pleasing to King Saul, uh, revealing that he he valued his position uh, among men. He valued his position among men, and therefore, when the praises were shifted from him to David, that ignited uh, jealous and envy, a jealous and an envy heart in King Saul. And he began to conspire on how to get rid of David by pinning him on the wall or pretty much by killing him. Makes two attempts on the same guy he had promoted um, a while ago or made two attempts and failed. And then he resolves to promote him and to put him captain of a thousands. And we shall look at the motive of King Saul in doing all this in this uh, second phase of this discussion. And so in an attempt to get rid of David, King Saul thought to put David head or captain of a thousand. Here you find that when you are the commander or you are the captain, you always go ahead. You're always on the battlefront. And therefore you are in arms way, harm's way. And so David is put in that position. 
And the Bible records in verse 14 again that David behaved wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. So no matter what King Saul tried to do, no matter what King Saul tried to do, the Lord was with David. And so Saul noticed, verse 15 records this because Saul knew what he was trying to do and maybe he was hoping that once David understands that Saul has uh, determined to kill him that David would run away but David did not and Saul noticed that even though uh, his motives were ill-intended, they did not change the behavior of David. David still honored King Saul. David still respected him. David still attended to him despite him doing all these things. And Saul noticed that his behavior still remained the same. Bible says, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. Now, let me say this. The way you carry yourself, especially when it is now very clear, when it is in black and white, that those who are above you have conspired to get rid of you, how you carry yourself in their presence is a weapon either that works for you or works against you. If you carry yourself in a manner that is disciplined, where you watch your behavior and your relationship with those who have decided to get rid of you, those who have decided to or intended to harm you, how you behave and you relate to them is a weapon that will either work for you or work against you. In this case of David, how he carried himself was a weapon that he used and it worked very well for him and negatively for King Saul. Because King Saul became afraid of him again. Because initially he was afraid of him. And he knew and he understood that the Lord was with him. He knew and he understood that the Lord had rejected him. So in as much as King Saul was trying to get rid of David, all of Israel, all of Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. He never did things in secret. They were never behind the doors meetings. There were no backdoor deals. He did everything openly and clearly before all the men not to win their praise 
not to win their attention, not to win their hearts. No, he did it because the Lord was with him. He became and he carried himself wisely through all this. And so Saul said to David, "Here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battle." Remember, King Saul had promised his daughter to whoever will get rid of Goliath, the uncircumcised Philistine. and David did so actually David was now to have Merab as his wife the king promised but let's see what happened now uh when Saul said this to David the bible records that he thought let my hand not be against him but let the hand of the Philistines be against him so he noticed he knew the lord was with him he knew that if he put his hand on david who is already loved by the whole of israel the whole of judah then things will not be good for him because remember he was drawn to the attention of men he cared about what men thought of him that was very central to king Saul and so he figured things out that yes i will give you what i had promised and i will elevate you to these positions so that when you go out to war then my hand shall not be against you but the enemy's hand shall be against you shall take care of you pretty much but david in his wise and humble manner said to Saul who am i and what is my life or my father's family in israel that i should be son in law to the king he did not consider himself that worthy but it happened at the time when merab Saul's daughter should have been given to David that she was given to Adriel the Meholarite Meholarite as a wife there comes the betrayal she was promised Merab when time came Merab was given to somebody else what did david do david did not fight back david did not confront king saul david did not backbite david did not uh speak ill of saul david did not conspire to bring down saul because of this The Bible does not record what David did, but we can know what David did because already two times the Bible records that he behaved wisely. Therefore, I am very sure that despite this betrayal, 
it did not change David's demeanor. Now, let's see. There was a daughter called Michal, another daughter to King Saul. And Michal, the Bible records, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Now, remember, Saul is ill-intended. Now, when Saul is pleased, he is already cooking up a scheme that he can use and hope that this scheme now works to bring down David. And so when he heard this news that Michal, his daughter, loved David, he was pleased. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him ill intentions he could not sleep without thinking of how to get rid of david including using his own daughters just to get david killed and so he takes the advantage of the opportunity that has been presented to him through his second daughter michal and therefore he said to David a second time, You shall be my son-in-law today. And maybe he got away with the betrayal because the first time he tells David about becoming his son-in-law, David did not see himself as fitting to be a son-in-law to the king. He did not see himself as being qualified to be a son-in-law to the king. And here comes a second chance, and David, uh, King Saul takes advantage of this opportunity to get David to marry Michal so that he can be a son-in-law, and being a son to the king, then he is sent to war. He is positioned, he will be positioned in a place where the Philistines will get rid of him or will deal with him. Now, so he plans and his servants go and speak these things to David. And David said, does it seem to you a light thing to be a king's Son in law David still sees himself as disqualified. He is not qualified to be a son in law to the king. And he even gives additional uh, uh, argument about it. He says, I'm a poor and lightly esteemed man. And of course, the servants, they are doing their job. They take this message from David back to the Saul, to King Saul. And then King Saul says, Thus, you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry, but one hundred foskins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So 
Saul makes it easy for David to say yes. He eliminates the dowry and just says, bring for me 100 postings from the enemies. Go to the enemies. Deal with the Philistines and bring me 100 postings. The thoughts of King Saul were that if David in his desire to marry the daughter of uh, his daughter and um, not having the ability to afford the dowry, he thought that if I send David, because in his thinking he thought that David would want that so much that he would risk his life to go and get what in the eyes of King Saul was impossible and in the act of getting that which King Saul demanded or asked for, David will be dealt with by the Philistines. But he thought wrong because David went and he brought two, he killed 200 men of the Philistines and he brought their foskins and they gave them in full count to the king that he might become the king's son-in-law. Why did King Saul need the foskins? We do not know, I do not know, and I don't think he needed the foskins. All he wanted was to get David killed in his quest to become the son-in-law. Now, this is a quest that King Saul drives it to David, that now David will desire for himself to want to become the king's son-in-law. David had no desire in the, in the first place. He counted himself out. He was a... Uh, 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 from a peasant father from the tribe of Benjamin and then secondly he said I am poor I'm a low I'm a man of low esteem why should I become your son-in-law he had no desire but King Saul worked out that now David would have that desire and he sent him to kill 100 Palestinians and to bring their foreskin. And so David took up the desire. He went he into the enemy, he killed 200 and he brought their foreskins and this surprised Saul because he did not expect David to excel and kill 200, twice the number that he had, he had asked for. And because he had promised so King Saul had no other choice but to give me call to David to be his wife. And Saul saw and knew what the Lord knew that the Lord was with David and that Michal Saul's daughter loved him. And Saul was still more afraid. And so he became more afraid of David. And the Bible records, 
Saul became David's enemy continually. From that point on, he kept on looking for ways to get rid of David. Every opportunity he got, he wanted to get rid of David. So the Bible records in verse 30, Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. His name became highly esteemed. This is the power of humility. Humility under pressure. Humility when everything else demands or cries otherwise. David is first of all promoted. The first promotion was genuine and he seems to gain at a tremendous speed. He seems to become very popular, very likable in Israel at a tremendous speed that it shocks King Saul. And women came and sing songs that praised him and uh, uh, accorded to him more uh, victory-related songs uh, 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 that he killed 10,000 compared to Saul's thousands. Now, when you think about those two, they are nowhere close. Uh, ten times, ten times more than what King Saul did. And so King Saul did, was not pleased with what he was hearing. And so he begins to scheme ways to get rid of David. But the way David behaved throughout is very exceptional. Stands out. Stands out above every other servant. In verse 13, he behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul. And because of the way he conducted himself in war, back home in Israel, among the king's men, he conducted himself very wisely. Now, humility is wisdom. Humility is not weakness. Humility is power under control. Power under control. Humility is to understand who your father is and to submit yourself wholly to him. The Bible says, Cursed is the man who trusts in another man. And God desires those who are humble. Because to be humble to God means you shift your trust to God and God alone. You put your trust to God and God alone. At this point, 
I want us to look at how Jesus carried himself through all that he was going through. And we shall do that right after this break. We have come to the end of the second part of this series and David behaved wisely. I hope this message has blessed your heart and enriched you uh, greatly. Please remember to catch up with the final part of this teaching tomorrow at the same time. May God bless you and enrich you greatly. <music>